Yes, it's us. We're here, you're there, and it's life is good. Okay, here we go. Ready? Why is a mirror like a resolution? <clears throat> because it's so easily broken. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be more positive than yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. How many sides has a picture? How many sides has a picture? Two, outside and inside. Hey, there you go. There you go. Hey, you remember these are dog dad riddles? Yeah. You know, this, yeah. they're yeah. not to make sense here. So. <laughs> okay, let's let's hear. Unless you really want to try to make some sense, but we don't have enough airtime for that. Okay, who's up first? All right, so we got Tammy on the line, and she has a question on a clumsy cat that she has. A clumsy cat. All right. Hello. Hi, Tammy. Tammy. How you doing? I I got a mancoon. I always wanted one. They're beautiful cats, and they're really smart. Yep. She was she was a little bit older, but she's doing things like I can't leave a glass on the table. She'll tip it over or push it off the end. Uh-huh. And about three o'clock in the morning, she's walking over us. Uh-huh. I've had cats all my life. They sleep with me. They never bug me in the middle of the night. I've never had one that pushes glasses off the counter. I mean, counter, end table, night table, wherever. She's like, oh, I want to push this over. Okay. Sounds like a fun cat. It's got a good personality, oh. a really neat mm-hmm. co- personality. No, what did uh, what yeah. I now? What time do you go to bed? I usually go to bed between nine and ten. I have kids. Okay, and then, yeah, lucky you. <laughs> but now, when you have um, now the cat, what does a cat do during the course of the day? Is it sleeping and avoiding your kids? No, I mean they're all in school, so she's up and about with me. If she's waiting for to feed me, otherwise she'll lay by me and she'll watch TV with me. Or if I'm reading, she's by me. Okay. But in the middle of the night, three o'clock, she's like, "Hey, let's get up." Yep. You know why? Because you haven't wore out the day before. Uh, what you want to do? You never use a laser light with a dog, but with a cat. Go get yourself a laser light. And before you go to bed, you're gonna have that cat. About an hour before you go to bed, you're gonna have the cat play games. So you're gonna wear the cat out so that he's gonna be content because he's been sleeping. Sleeping on and off, putting three quarters of the day, and most cats, yeah. believe it or not, are nocturnal. They, you know, they do most of their hunting at night and such like that, unless you are accustomed to a different manner. So anyway, so that's what you want to do, and then also you got to have other things in the house, like um, uh, uh, have a cat tree in front of a window that goes floor to ceiling, and then have like maybe okay. a bird feeder or a squirrel feeder or something outside she can sit and watch. So there's mental stimulation. You don't want her oh. to go. You don't want her to go and curl up somewhere or sleep a little here and sleep a little there. You want something that's going to bring make her look, think. That's going to drain her brain and that's going to make her be more tired. So then hopefully she'll sleep all the way through the night. Well, I, my daughter does have a bird and she's knocked over my bird cage twice. Ah. <laughs> well, that should be ready on the wall right there. You better get a better bird cage. <laughs> right? But you want I mean, something that's outside where she can sit smart. on a perch. Yeah, she can sit on a perch. You know, they want to be up above us. You know, that's just what cats do. And then that they can look outside and see, like like I say, a squirrel spinning around on a squirrel feeder, a bird feeder spinning, you know what I mean? So that's what you want. You want to get 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 something that occupies it. And the floor to ceiling, and if you look online, they, there's quite a few, or if you're handy yourself, just case of two-by-fours, put a, nail a couple shelves in on it, spin it with carpet or that, uh, what do they call it, twine rope, you know, spin it with yeah. that. And so then now she's got a place that's up high that she can oversee, so they, you know, they want to be above 
of us, so they feel superior. And then now she can see out, and she can watch the birds and, and such like that. So now she's got mental stimulation. And then with the laser light, remember, you never just turn it off. It comes from someplace, and it goes around behind someplace. Uh, you take um, uh, 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 like a, uh, a narrow rope and tie it with a uh, get, try to get a um, what works good is a what do you call it? peacock feathers. Dog, cats love oh, yes. to chase feathers. Love that. Yep. And so that's what we got to do is we got to wear her batteries down so that she's going to want to sleep from sundown to sun up instead of sleep three quarters of the day, be up for a little bit, but then she really wakes up come night. All right. Yeah. And then as far as your okay. glasses and stuff like that, it's just like two legged kids. You know, they leave it to something here. Well, you should have known it if you left it there. It's going to, you know, it's going to get tipped over. You just got to kind of look behind you because she's mischievous because she's interested in things. Like I said, she got a very intelligent cat. And so oh, she's smart as heck. Yeah, yes, I do love yep. the pit. So yes. that's why I just think of things that can make uh, stimulate her. Um, you get the banana. Is it just ducky? Just ducky. Uh, uh, yeah, catnip toys. The one that looks like a banana. The cat will have a okay. riot with that. And then you want the banana one because what they learn to do is they lay on their back. Wrap the front paw around it and then kick it with their back paw, and they just have mm-hmm. a heyday with it. Just ducky. Yeah, because we can't do that with her because her sharp. I mean, she has sharp claws yep. and sharp teeth. Well, yeah, so but when you can... we had a regular cat, we can play like that, and if she bites us, it doesn't hurt. But if oh yeah, really you got a big us, cat, yeah, we are in pain. Yeah, no kidding. But you say, yeah, you get your hands out of the way, and then you should be able to try to work on her to cut her nails. You know, so that she's that the nails are not sharp. All right, you die. Okay. Well, I use a human. Uh, fingernail clipper, clipper, you know, for my cats. I didn't think we could clip cats' nails, but oh, I gosh, will. Gosh, yeah, you bet. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing about cats, uh, they they don't have the quick, you know, like uh, yes. dogs do. So you don't. I mean, you you don't want to do them super short. Well, you can still make them bleed sometimes. Oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. take the hook out. Yeah, not yeah you're just taking off the sharp bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to start doing that. Thank you so much, and good luck on your new job. <laughs> you can see you there. You're there, Brian. Oh, well, thank you so much. There you go. All right. All right, thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Have a good one. All right. Did you want to add anything to that? Um, a lot of times what I suggest to people is just um, have a different entertaining toy for every day of the week oh. so that the cat doesn't get bored. Bored. So you don't, it's not like you get a bunch of toys and then you leave them all out and then you're like, gosh, the cat isn't playing with any of them. That's what people do with dogs. They have a toy known to man yep. and the dog is chewing on their shoes. Exactly. Well, the thing is, pick up all the toys, put them in a box, put them in a closet and rotate the toys and now it's Christmas. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just like, um, uh, 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 I don't know why I'm fluffing. See, Brian, what you did, my <laughs> mind... <laughs> I would go, oh no, Brian's leaving. I'm sorry. And now, and now I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I'll th- it'll come to me. Okay. No, okay. Well, I'll tell people, yeah. Also, two dogs that have toys all over the house. Mm-hmm. It's like my room, my room, my room, my room, my room. <laughs> okay. It's just like if you have four be- uh, four bedrooms. And let's say you have spring your spring clothes in one bedroom, summer clothes in another one, winter in another, fall in another. Technically, they're not your bedrooms, but you kind of got ownership of each room. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody else puts their clothes in there, it's like, wait a minute, my clothes are in there. You, you have taken <laughs> ownership. And that's why, when, you know, cat, dog toys, more so in the dog world, cats don't think like that. But right. they're just looking at, I don't own this because they already know they own it. But anyway, what they're looking for, though, is because they are so bright, they're looking for the variety of, of something that will stimulate them. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay, Brian. Oh, we're, well, let's go to break early and then we'll come and take the. Okay. And you guys got any calls? Give a holler, 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. If you got a question for Dr. Jessica Levy, the holistic vet, we got to take advantage while she's here, okay? 
Okay. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Why are church bells the most obedience? What is that? Object. Oh, inanimate objects. <laughs> Good gravy. Got to, got to polish on my glasses here. Why are the why are the church bells the most obedient of inanimate objects? We'll be back. Hello, hello. Thanks for staying with us. Okay, why are church bells the most obedient of all inanimate objects? Because they make a noise whenever they are tolled. Mm. When the bells toll. Yeah, isn't that one better? Now, I really like this one. Look at this one. Okay. If the devil were to lose his tail, where should he go to get another one? You ready for this one? This is funny. All right. To a liquor store where the the bad spirits are retailed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good gravy. Okay, here we go. Hey, if you got a question for Dr. Irwin, you know, it goes really fast now, down to the last 45 minutes. So if you got a question for Dr. Jess, holistic vet, please give a call, 651-641-1071. And Dr. Jess, how can they get a hold of you? Um, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. All right. Okay, who's up to bat there, Mr. Brian? All right. So we have Cindy on the line, and she has a question on her cat, on okay. why her cat is chasing their tail. Oh, cat is chasing the tail. All right. Hi, Cindy. Oh, wait a minute. I can't hear you. Oh, okay. You're back. Oh, Sorry. there you are. Hi there. Hi. Okay. How old is your cat? Um, She's almost three. Three? Okay. Have you had her mm-hmm. since a kitten? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what kind of, do you have, is she on any meds or anything? No, nothing. Okay. And then what food do you feed? Um, American Journey. A can dry. Um, the American journey is dry and then I serve them an assortment of wet food that's American journey or from other pet stores. I okay. try to serve them quality food and give them a nice. variety. Are these totally indoor cats? Yeah. Yeah. They should be just totally grain free and some raw and stuff like that. No dry. Remember cats come from the desert and they're met, built to get the moisture from what they eat. And so if you feed the dry, they can't drink enough water to compensate for the, the dry matter. And so if you see a cat drinking a lot of water, they're kind of in trouble because they're trying to, okay. yeah, so that's why being, you know, raw food and then um, good grain-free cat food, canned foods. And then yep. Dr. Jesse, you have any ideas? Well, no, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, there you go. With the tail. Okay, let's, sorry about that. I got off base there. Okay, the cat's chasing the tail. What's going on? <laughs> well, she's almost three years old and all of a sudden a couple of weeks ago, she just started going crazy chasing her tail like she'd never seen it before. <laughs> Okay. And she'll jump in anything, like we're packing for vacation. She jumps in the suitcase, runs around and chases her tail. Or she'll jump on the cat tower and chase her tail. Or she'll find a plastic bag on the floor, run in circles and chase her tail. Or she'll just chase her tail. And so, of course, my boyfriend Googled it and he's like, oh, she may have anal gland problems or maybe one of the other cats injured her or maybe she's, you know, going crazy. Hmm. <laughs> well, the Internet is full of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I wonder who comes up I with these she things. Was just having fun. Yeah. So, is she the kind of cat where when you pet her, does she get a little spazzy when you pet all the way down her back towards her tail? Um, she has always been a little sassy. She's not extremely friendly, except at night when she demands attention when I'm trying to sleep. Of course. But no, I'm petting her right now, and she's fine. Okay, so you can pet her all the way down her back, get all yep. the way to her tail, and she doesn't push her butt up or bite or look at you funny or chew on her front leg? No, 
Okay. Oh, there she oh, is. Hello, she's actually not liking it very much when I get down here. Yeah. Yeah. When was her last rabies vaccine? Um, I can't tell you the date, but I do child care at home, so they're up to date. Mm-hmm. Was it this year, last year? Um, or it would have been last year. She's okay. probably due like in September, I'm going to think. Okay. Sometimes you see this tail chasing as a side effect of the rabies vaccine because it's a vaccine for uh, neurological disease. So you get a lot of weird neurological side effects. So you get seizures, fly biting, tail chasing, all sorts of weird things. Um Probably, uh, you know, where I would start with a cat like this is uh, get her to a chiropractor and, uh, you know, see if there's anything physically out of alignment that needs to be adjusted because it's better to have a chiropractor evaluate her than than to guess. So I would start with that. You know, because, okay. cat, you know, because cats jump, you know, I mean, what they jump on and off and through and such like that, you know, they're, you know, masters at contortionists at times. And so sometimes they she can do, she could have jumped wrong, landed wrong and just tweaked her back. And mm-hmm. so then there's pain there and right. that hence chases the tail. Right. Okay. And, and dogs, you see tail base injuries actually pretty commonly, whether it's because they're wagging their tail too hard or they use their tail as a rudder and kind of, yeah. you know, tired it out. And now they have a muscle spasm or something. But, you know, you could definitely see that in a cat as well, especially like a young active cat. Your regular vet should be able to refer you to a chiropractor um, or you can email me and then I just refer people to chiropractors kind of depending on what part of town you live in. Okay, and that kind of makes sense because we have a uh, a male tuxedo that's probably twice her size mm-hmm. that wrestles with her all the time. Okay. Pounces on her, takes okay. her down. Okay. Yeah, so I would start with that. Another thing that you could do that's pretty easy is uh, go to your local health food store, Whole Foods, whatever, and get the homeopathic remedies Arnica Montana 30C and Hypericum. H-Y-P-E-R-I-C-U-M, perforatum, P-E-R-F-O-R-A-T-U-M, 30C. And how many pellets? So Yeah, so homeopathic remedies, like every health food store or Whole Foods or whatever, they have kind of a set of the, there's 20 or 30 most commonly used remedies, so they'll have these. They're in little blue plastic tubes, kind of the size of a tube of lipstick, and there's little sugar pills in each one. So for a cat, you'd basically take one pill of Arnica 30C and one pill of Hypericum 30C, crush them between two spoons, and then you can either put the powder uh, on the cat's wet food or in some half and half or whatever you want to do to get the cat Which, to eat it. I mean, I would Walter, when I give it to our cats, when I give them the grain-free canned food or the raw, I just oh. put the pellet on, you know, one pellet on one side, and then I just kind of... And I don't push it down. I take the the, uh-huh. the food and fold it over it, uh-huh. and they scarf it right down. I don't smash. Oh, I tried smashing okay. them once, and I, I, I for life we couldn't find them. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the deal is, in order to crush them, you have to crush the pellets between two spoons. Right. So you get two metal spoons. You put oh, the pellet in one, did, put the I one on the top, work. and then very carefully with your hands cuffed around them. Not coordinated enough to do that. No, so I, I just put the pellet in that, yeah, and then fold the food all around because you're not supposed to touch the pellets. Right. The pellets are super round and very hard. They're like rock candy. And so if you try to crush it with a mortar and pestle, yeah. it'll just shoot out and ricochet around the room. <laughs> so so that's what I would do. I would, I would give one pellet of each two or three times a day 
for, you know, three or four days and kind of see. So Arnica, Montana is the homeopathic remedy. It's like the main one that's used for any kind of injury, um, bruising, uh, any kind of trauma. And then Hypericum is specifically for injuries to nerve-rich areas like your spine, your tail, your fingers and toes, your face. So so that's why I would, I would use those two together. Okay, thank you very much for the info. You betcha. Give Take care. Try. Yeah, keep us posted, okay? I will. Love your show. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, because like I said, I've never had any like smashing the pills, and so what I just do oh, well. is, you know, I turn, you know, turn the tube upside down, click it once, you know, a, a pill fall down, uh-huh. put it in the cap, and then tip it, you know, upside down into the yeah. the food or the raw hamburger, okay, and then I take a spoon and then fold it, the whatever the hamburger or the canned food over it, mm-hmm. and then just kind of uh, uh, the and I've never had it all. It just goes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the cat because yeah. I've had times where I found. You know the little pellet sitting there because the cat kind of licked everything off of it. And... Yeah, no, I just I just kind of fold it and I put it in the center because they usually go straight for the center of the food. Oh, you're strategic. Yes. <laughs> and so cats don't chew their food; they lick. They lick their food. They very seldom do they chew, chew, chew. They prefer. But it depends to lick. on what they're eating. Well, that's right. But still, they you mice. Mean... You got to chew them up. Wait, oh, that's very true. Oh, <laughs> are you ready for this? Last night I'm calling in cat with a K. You know that's a black cat. Okay, everybody's down in the barn. I mean, my last tucking call. Cat, come here, cat. Cat with a K. Come on, cat. You know, I'm just about ready to shut the door, saying, "Well, he." And when this happens, he usually meets me up at the house. So then I got to come all the way down the barn and put him away. Just ready to shut the door, and here he comes, running around the corner, big old mouse in his mouth. And I'm just like, "Good going, good going." Can you eat it in the barn? I want to get up. To, I'm, you know, I'm done. I want to go go to bed. They're not go to bed, but go hang out. Stops dead. Have you ever listened to a cat chew uh, eat a mouse? No, never. <laughs> oh, the crunching drives me absolutely yes, insane. Yes, the crunchy. Oh. And so and the thing is, is that I had to go into the barn and just let, let him finish his, his kill. <laughs> and then he goes whipping around the car and like, I'm ready. Now, where's my dinner? You just had dinner. You know, so, jeez. Oh, so I gave him a, you know, a little bit of food, just a little bit, but it, and then shut the door. But I couldn't, but, but that crunching, oh, 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 I just can't stand it. And it's like three crunches and they're gone. The whole thing. There's no blood, there's no fur, there's no tail, there's no nothing. It's gone. It's just like, oh. Gives you the heebie-jeebies. It does. Everything Kitties does. love mice. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just... I mean, thank goodness, but he is—he's a—he's one that got a lot of bunnies. He got like nine bunnies last year. Oh, wow. bunnies! Yeah, he. Yeah. We had one other uh, cat named Chunk, and he was a long-haired um, orange tabby type, a tawny color. And anyway, and uh, he was a master gopher killer. He'd sit by the gopher mounds and sit there all day. I mean, just staring. I mean, one day I t- took the time to stare at him, staring at the gopher. And all of a sudden, you, you, you see him just kind of go, it's coming, it's coming. You know, the the earth is coming up, you know, uh, out of the hole. All of a sudden, bam, he jumps, he jumps. It, I mean, it's, it happens so fast. And all of a sudden, he's dragging the gopher up to the house. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're, you're yeah, so he, Chunk was the gopher killer. Cat with a K is a rabbit killer. Yeah, you should have had Chunk and Caddyshack. Yeah, there you Would go. Have been a shorter movie. <laughs> yeah, shorter movie. Very yeah. short. <laughs> That's pretty funny. My dogs dig holes trying to get gophers, but I'm pretty Ugh. sure the gophers can hear them coming. Yeah, right. No, our cats just sit there and sits there and sit there. Okay. Uh, oh, I just gave you the devil one. I think that was pretty funny. Okay. Let's see. The letter R. What changes the lower regions into the flower regions? Oh, I gave you that. Go. We'll be back. <laughs> 
All right, we're back. I appreciate it. I uh, couldn't think of a trivia question. It's just like, you know, because I didn't, we've been talking so much here that I have did, usually I read ahead before we come on mm-hmm. and check off the ones that I wanted to, you know, and I didn't do that. And so now I'm just trying to read them and go, no, that's stupid. No, that's stupid. So, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. Let's go to the phone lines. All right. So up next, we have Caroline, and she has a dog that is in a lot of personal space. A lot of personal space. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Or Caroline or Carolyn? Carolyn. Carolyn. All right. What kind of dog do you have? A boxer. A boxer? How old? How old? Uh, uh, I think it's two years old. Okay. Have you had him since a pup? And it's actually my cousin's. So that's why I'm sounding a little vague. But she doesn't live here. Okay. And she was telling me about her problem. And um, so um, I told her, well, Katie's on Sunday nights. I'll call and ask her. There you go. Like, yeah. But, and they've trained this dog really well as far as, you know, sitting, um, walking with it. Yep. They in total control. Nice. But the one problem she has with this dog is that anybody that comes to the house, he's up there and sniffing in their privates. And (laughs) and she's like, get down, get down. And I said, I think there's an answer to that. I've heard it before. I think that you put a leash on him and you stop on, you know, and don't let him. Do that. Very good. You listen on them. But so what you want to do is when anybody comes, this is something she has to practice before company comes. Okay. okay. And so what okay. you're going to do is put a hook, a hook a leash onto the dog's collar and then have somebody go outside and be the obnoxious neighbor. Knock, knock, knock. Okay. Before the dog, before she says come in, she's going to be standing east and west if the company's coming in north and south. You want the people to walk okay. past her, not into her. She's going to okay. stay at first. She's going to stand on the leash. About uh, when she stands on the leash with both feet, and the dog is standing, okay, her, his, uh-huh. his head would his head would be dipped a smidgen, okay. Now, if the dog tries to jump okay. out at the people, is the dog will correct himself. Make sure she's standing on it both feet, all right. Okay. Or she can do it if the dog is pretty. You can put the training collar on if she's using a training collar. Ask him to sit, and then if the dog lurches forward, she just gives a correction backwards towards the tail. Okay. Uh, when you stand uh-huh. on the leash, you're letting the dog be his own um, corrector. Otherwise, if uh-huh. we ask him to sit, you become the corrector. And you're going to tell everybody, okay. don't look at the dog, don't touch the dog, just walk on by. Okay? okay. Then let's say everybody's sitting in the kitchen. She goes into the kitchen, pulls a chair away so the dog can't get to anybody. And then uh-huh. she's going to sit on three quarters of the leash. Remember the invisible dog where you don't t- look at him, you don't touch him, you don't what they gotta finally just get so bored and they lay down. You just sit on yeah. the leash, ignore him, put your hand on a wrist and rest it in your lap. And if the dog tries to come up into your face and space, turn your head sideways. That's a calming uh, a calming sen- uh, signal to the dog. And then if the dog puts his paws on you, you just lean forward, cross your arms, and then extend them out and bump the dog and go ah. But make sure your head is sideways because that's a side profile is a calming signal. All right. And so what you're after here is that the company answered. Nobody looked at the dog, touched the dog. Okay. We went into the kitchen, the living room, the deck, uh, put the bulk of the leash on a chair, sit on it and ignore the dog. But now where you know uh, for the leash. What if they, what if they're in the living room? Because that's where it usually happens. Right. No, you find a chair, you find a chair and sit on the leash. Okay. 
You no matter what room you're sitting in, you sit on the leash because it's usually the first anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes. The dog has to get used to the smells and the sounds of the people that just came in. And she's going to be in control of that. What you want by, you know, she's going to practice sitting on the leash and ignoring him during, you know, like three times a day. Sit on the leash for five minutes here, 10 minutes there, where he just learns that she can't look at him. She can't touch him. She doesn't own a dog. Uh That's why it's called the invisible dog. And you want him to get so bored that eventually he'll lay down and calm out and chill out. And then when company does come, he understands the, uh, the exercise. And so then he'll start calming down quicker and quicker. And then now don't get, when, when it's time to get off the leash, don't unhook it. Just get off it. So in case he starts being nutsy, she could just grab the leash. And this is where you got to train the or the people that are visiting. Tell them not to rub the dog up. Say, hey, buddy, how you doing? Not, hi, buddy, how you doing? Don't let right, them get them all right. crazy. He tells them. What? Don't pet him. Don't pet him. Yep. She says that. Right. But no, just she's got to be in charge. And if the people ain't going to listen, then just, just let her sit on the leash for a while. And the longer she does that, then the calmer the dog's going to be. And then eventually the okay. people forget about how they want to rev the dog up. And so she's just got to try to train. She's got humans to train and a dog to train. Okay. Okay. All but, right. Okay. But yeah. just well, don't even open the door unless the dog is on a leash. And you either got the training collar on or you're standing on the leash and the people are walking past you and not into you, okay? Okay. Don't have them face the door. Nope. Have to stand sideways of it. Okay. Correct. All right. Okay. I'll tell her. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Yeah, folks, the big thing with that is that don't open the door until you, and you, and I tell people in class that you get your hair mister, your plant mister, fill, fill it with water, set it on stream, okay, and carry it with you. If the people are coming through the door and want to go come in and touch the dog, blast the human. Leave the dog alone. No pet the dog at the door. You know, sometimes the humans have got to get to correction because they're not listening. You're the one that has to live with the dog, so you've got to set the rules and then you've got to follow through. Whether it's a dog breaking it or a friend of yours is breaking it or mom, usually it's grandma. Or an auntie. <laughs> it's usually that. That's the ones that usually like, oh, he's fine if he jumps on me. No. It's either he, dogs know either it's all or not. Either I can jump on everybody or nobody. They can't, they don't know how to dip you. I can jump on you and you, but not you and you. No, it's either all or not. And so once you set up the rule, you got to follow it through. Okay. Okay. Who's up? All right. So we got Susie up next, and she has a supplement question. A supplement question. Hi, Susie. Hi. What can we do for you? Hey, my um, hi, Doctor Jeff. This is Susie, and hi. I've got an older dog who had, you know, a horrible dental. And friends have been telling me that some of these liquid supplements that you put in their water for anti-plaque work. Another friend told me the kelp supplement, and I'm wondering what Doctor Jeff's feelings are on that. Um, I was a little bit iffy about adulterating the water source. Um, you know, I, I mean, would would we drink a little bit of mouthwash with our water throughout the day? That just seems a little weird. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, honestly, the algae ones, like Plaque Off, I've just yeah. not, not seen anybody have results with those. Okay. Have you, Katie? Nope. nope. Yeah, I mean, okay. I just don't see that those things work. So I typically, you know, if the dog has any teeth left, I'll use raw meaty bones to keep their teeth clean. If they absolutely 100% will not eat a bone... Um, then I have people use coconut oil. And oh, really? So, yeah, and so it's kind of like if there's if there's a tooth that you're specifically concerned about, then you can pick up a little tiny, like, 
pea-sized chunk of coconut oil and kind of smush it specifically on that tooth. Right. And then, you know, they'll, as they move it around their mouth, they'll do a little bit of oil pulling kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But yeah, otherwise, uh, I just, that's typically what I use. And I I think we've talked about this. I think, like, you can use um, ozonated coconut oil. You know, some people use that for themselves for oral health. Oh, really? Where's that? I've never seen that one. Ozone. No, I've never yeah. seen that either. Oh, I think you'd have to buy it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I know I tried, um, I tried, was it ozonated olive oil when I first heard about it? That okay. was kind of the first one. And so I, I bought a, a little tub of it. And before I used it on my dogs, I thought, well, I better, I better see what this is like. So, and put it in my own mouth. Oh my gosh. It was so nasty. I threw it away. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, was, it was one of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth. I've never. But I, coconut oil might not be. <laughs> See, I don't like the taste of olive oil. Never have. I just can't get in. I like you... it. I like I it. But yeah. Oh, it was nasty. So huh. yeah. So then I did not try that on my dog. One but... thing they got to be careful with coconut oil. If you put too much on them, they're going to get the craps if they're not used to coconut oil. Right. Well, and that's why you're just trying for like, you know, a tiny amount that you're going to just try to smush yep. directly on that tooth or yep. the tooth and the gum or something yep. like that. Yeah. Okay. Because the only bone that she'll chew now are like, um, turkey necks or chicken necks if i can get them small enough yeah um if i cut them up i'm afraid you know because she doesn't have enough teeth she's going to bypass chewing them and maybe get them caught yeah and i think i've heard you talk before about the necks although they're really good for small dogs not to give them too often because of the thyroid right right and so so that's why you don't always want to use necks so you could use wings you know you can go back and forth between chicken necks and chicken wings Okay, back up. Okay. Why the thyroid? I had not heard this. Oh, because the your yes, you have a thyroid gland, but thyroid tissue is actually diffused throughout your neck. Oh, okay. And so you can't use necks all the time as okay. your choice of raw meaty bone. I had to not give. Uh, I gave the first one I ever gave to Gillian, mm-hmm. and it was a good size. Mm-hmm. He bit once, swallowed it twice, swallowed it, done. And the whole time he's right. going because like yeah, he's trying I know, to work I know, it down. But I, I just ignore that. Yeah, part. and so it's just like no. I, just, I said, okay, you're not getting another one. I mean, I thought he was going to at least chew on it, and no, no, no. Like no so you're not looking for chewing. Yeah, you're just looking for that crush. Yeah. So the bones, uh, the bones, the the teeth, like biting into the bones once. Maybe that's all you get. But the more often you do it, the more opportunities they have to kind of clean their own teeth. So, so basically that means that's why I have people do it like four or five times a week as a meal. Okay. So that, because, because the dog is probably not going to stand there and chew their food up really well. Right. That's just unlikely. Yeah, no. Dogs don't, they bolt their food. So with the tiny dogs, like, like, like the kind you have, Susie, um, you know, you could, uh, if you get a chicken neck, (coughs) you could, um, excuse me. Like with poultry shears, you can cut it into discs. Ew. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm dissecting the neck of a chicken or a turkey, cutting um, it into discs. Sounds delicious. Well, <laughs> yes. The other thing that pieces. I've done, um, which sounds kind of silly, but it worked, especially when Coco was alive, because she was a gulper. Okay. I would hold the chicken neck or the turkey neck in a pliers. Yep. And, you know, she'd gnaw on it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And she couldn't get the whole thing. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good idea. I wish I would have thought of that. Before. Yeah, sometimes people do that. Um, I also use duck wings for small dogs. 
Okay. And so same thing. You might have to kind of chop it into pieces. She's not crying over your question. She wants <laughs> that she's got that tickle thing in her throat. She's crying because I'm bugging her. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no, just had this weird cough. No, thing she that got the, that happens every once in a while. When you get that tickle and it's like, yeah, you won't, you, you won't come. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah it's kind of sounded at first. She's going to cry over the Susie's question. And it's like, no, she, no. she just got the tickle in her throat. Mm-hmm. So anyway, no, that's a good. Um, now I learned something. Hold it with the pliers. That for then they okay. can just chew it. That is awesome. Yeah, Where do you get duck you, wings, Jess? Um, I know um, they sell them up at Canine Crossing. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's only forty miles from me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, raw delivery has them. Okay. A- and they come in ten pound bags, and so ten pounds would probably, you know, get you through the rest of the year. Yeah, and it would also take up. It would be dog food on one side of my freezer. And <laughs> human food is. That's how it should other. be anyway. <laughs> I mean, really. Heck of a deal. Okay. Does that okay, help thank you? Thank you. You betcha. You bet. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. You You too. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Bye-bye. The, uh, the Teles, Telsa? How, what is that? Tesla. There we go. I knew I was saying it wrong. <laughs> Boy, today. The Tesla car company got its name from after a scientist... Famous racer, plant, or city. We'll be back. Hello. There you go. All of a sudden, I'm just kind of going, okay, where am I at? (laughs) Okay, there you go. Trying to deal with computer and everything. Okay, the Tesla car company got its name after a scientist, famous racer, plant, or city. I'm going to go scientist. What do you say, Jess? Yes, of course. You say scientist? Nikolai Tesla. Yep. Oh, there you go. Very good. Tesla is a famous American electronic vehicle company, uh, and it got its name after the famous scientist Nikola Tesla, who was an electrical and mechanical engineer. So now you know. Pretty neat. There you go. I have no idea what the Tesla is. If it doesn't look like an avalanche or a truck, I have no idea what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what we want to bring up a little bit here is that... Um, uh, the DCM, dilated cardiomyopathy, okay? And what it, um, I think it was, was it 2018 that they came out and said, or is it 2019, that the, the FDA came out and said uh, that uh, D- DCM is caused by eating grain-free foods. And so then um, the a lot of the big uh, companies, pet food companies, they it started raising, hey, 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 show us your data. Where, where's your proof? Where's your scientific proof? Where's the studies? And then the FDA kind of about four months later, after sending this out to all the vets and to the whole world, uh, we bad. Uh, we retract that statement until we further will investigate this and research it. And they have not come up. I know there's research going on, and I know Nutrisource is a part of, and some of the other bigger pet food companies are a part of it because they want to know they're out for our pets too. They don't want to put something together that's going to harm the pets. And so anyway, but the vets are still telling, you know, uh, their clients that you don't, you ever feed grain-free food or you're going to kill your dog. And so it's just driving me nuts. And then I just got a new thing, uh, a handout, or would not hand out, but whatever. Call it, where I don't put mine. Well, you got yours, Jess. Mm-hmm. Okay, about oh here it is. You know, talking about you know they are doing some research and some studies and such like that that they still I haven't put together that it's the grain free foods itself because the um, uh, it, uh, they used to blame it a lot on hereditary, especially small dogs, and I think King Cavalier Charles were one of the main hit lists for the DCM dilated cardiomyopathy they have a lot of heart problems mm-hmm. but anyway and so the thing is is that um no the thing is until they until the research comes out 
the big thing is, is that then don't feed it solely. You know, rotate. Do a small bag of grain-free. Do some raw. Do some um, grain-inclusive. You know what I mean? The more you rotate, then you're not sitting in the pot in case something does come up. But now, what's your take with this? Uh, what, what, let's go for your take on the, off the whole thing. So so this is um, uh, an article that was put out by uh, PR Newswire Association. But, then, but they reference a peer-reviewed article that was uh, published in Frontiers in Animal Science. And so I read through that article, and basically what they found, so, th- so they gathered information from cardiologists, because right. dilated cardiomyopathy has to be uh, diagnosed by a cardiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so they solicited information from a lot of different, like, you know, um, veterinary teaching hospitals and universities and, like, referral centers that had cardiology departments. Um, they didn't get a lot of response, but they ended up with like um, 68,000 total cases. So they got a pretty good number of actual cases, Mm -hmm. even though the response wasn't huge. Right. Um, And so what they found was that there was a slight increase in the prevalence of dilated cardiomyopathy in like 2008, 2009. And then there was another slight increase in 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. And so what they did in this uh, research article that appeared in Frontiers of Animal Science, so they compared the increase in the rate of dilated cardiomyopathy to the increase in the rate of sales of grain-free dog foods. And they found that there was no correlation. Like, basically, sales of grain-free dog foods have continued to go through the roof. And you'd think... If those foods were causing dilated cardiomyopathy, then more and more yep. dogs would be developing this condition. And yet that was not the case. Right. So it's just kind of obviously it's like, you know, this is inconclusive. We can't make any grand statements based on this, but it's just one way of kind of trying to evaluate the situation. So part of the problem that they ran into is that um, depending on the state, uh, you know, different states have different laws. So veterinarians only have to keep data on their patients for right. a certain number of years. Yep. So it's really hard to do a re- retrospective study when the data is going to be dumped or records are going to be shredded or burnt right. or something like that. Um, and then some of the places uh, like don't have good ways of like of retreating the data by diagnosis. So they don't have a good way of getting into their system and say, okay, find me all the patients who have dilated cardiomyopathy. Right. They're just not searchable databases, okay. you know, built to be used right. in that way. And then the other thing that they said is that, you know, they looked at sales of grain-free pet foods from uh, certain pet food stores, but they, you know, they couldn't look at how much pet food is sold on the internet. Um, What about hardware stores that sell pet foods? What about health food stores that also sell pet foods? So there was a lot of stuff that they didn't, data that they didn't have access to, basically. Right. Um, So we're we're not talking about, like, all pet food sales. We're talking about pet food sales through... You know, the smaller main, pet main, food stores. Yeah, the mainstays. Yeah. Um, uh, now, uh, Hemopet, H-E-M-O-Pet, P-E-T, dot org. Mm-hmm. Dr. Jean Dodds did a really good article, and she said the, the question might be how the dog processes the chickpea, the peas, uh, the legumes. Right. I mean, because that, that was kind of the prevailing conclusion was that it had something to do with the legumes uh-huh. that were being used in pet foods. Um but I think that's also kind of inconclusive right. at this point. Exactly. And so my take on it is that until they come out with 
It's just like, you know, one one survey comes out, don't drink coffee, you're going to die early. Next thing comes out, hey, coffee, a couple right. cups the a day is good for you. Coffee. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. drink any wine, you're going to be in, you know, oh, wait a minute, a, wine, a glass a day. You know, it keeps going back and forth on no matter what. And so what you got to do is find what you're what's comfortable with, unless there is something severely that comes out and it's just, you're blown away by the fact. But like you said, how the grain-free sales went up. I mean, like 500%, mm-hmm. and then, but the CDM didn't, you know, so the whole thing, so, but right. anyway. Right, so, and then also, like, you know, a lot of people are recommending, you know, oh, well, dogs, dogs need grains. Yeah. No, I'm still holding out that no, they do not. And so um, at the State Veterinary Conference in February, um, I sat through a couple lectures about nutrition. I posted about this on Facebook. So uh, the lecturer said that, you know, uh Dogs have evolved right along with people, and that is why dogs are now, they need grains in their diet because they've evolved as they were domesticated. And so I thought, like, really? So I just Googled, like, uh, how long have dogs been domesticated? Um, And it was like, you know, 10,000 years. How long have people been eating grains? Mm -hmm. Right? When we were all hunter-gatherers, we weren't growing grains necessarily. And so that's also like, you know, maybe... 10, 20,000 years, something like that. And so, and then I said, okay, well, how long does evolution take? A million years. (laughs) Like, you know, things just haven't happened in that scale. Our dogs are actually still pretty much wolves. Yep. And so the thing, people, if you're worried about grain-free, you know what I mean, then I'm Right, and so I I think, I think that, like, there is a possibility that leggings could be an issue, so I don't... we don't don't, know. Right, so so I don't recommend always feed food that has legumes in it. Right. Yep. And that's Absolutely. it. What I mean, rotate it. Mm-hmm. You know, some do a little raw, do some Nutrisource, uh, the Pure Vita, uh, do, you know, I mean, there's plenty to choose from the Nutrisource new element. Then there again, you got raw, you got freeze dried, you got dehydrated. There's so many things that you can rotate with. And that's what you got to do. If, if you stay in the same thing, yeah, then you can get nipped in the butt if there's a problem. But if you rotate the way God put them on this earth to do is to eat everything and anything and never get sick, then it all should be right with the world. So when the vet says don't feed, grain free because it's going to kill your dog hogwash uh brian we shall see you next week for your last week dr jess thank you so much how can they get a hold of you thank you at holistic-vet-care.com praying on guys see you next week happy trip